Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. We are your source for market intel, forecasts, and success strategies. Thanks for joining us out there on YouTube, iTunes, or radio stations, or wherever you're catching the show. Maybe you're at our show website, CREshow.com. Well, we have an interesting show for you today. I think a lot of people have an interest in the senior housing market. It seems like when we take a kind of a cursory look at uh, our environment, it seems like we have a large aging population. What does that mean for senior housing? Well, we're going to find out today. We have some experts we're going to talk to. Please welcome my first guest, Chief Economist Beth May. She's Chief Economist with the National Investment Center for Senior Housing and Care, sometimes referred to as NIC, N-I-C. Beth, thanks for joining us today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me, Michael. I appreciate it. Great. And I think to just quickly get us started, we're going to get into some in-depth uh, issues and trends regarding senior housing. But but briefly, senior housing takes up uh, a lot of different housing types, right? Right. There's generally three types of housing that we think about with senior housing. That would be um, independent living, assisted living, and memory care. Um, and that would change depending upon the level of acuity or need. And the most need-based, really, would be assisted living and memory care. And independent living would include uh, basically an apartment, but that would have um, some type of common area food and meals, and also some hospitality component to it. Yeah. And I think it seems like a lot of people are getting even more interested in the industry and what happens because there's so many baby boomers out there right now. And it's it's our parents. I'm a baby boomer. And it's our parents that we're dealing with going into these assisted living and, and other types of housing. So what 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 is going on with demographics in senior housing today? Um, you got it exactly right. The baby boomers really are the children of the residents of today's uh, senior housing properties. So today's resident is typically about 80 years old, and that means that that person was born, you know, in the in the mid 1930s. And if you go back and you look at the demographics, the low point of birth was really about 1933, and that was in the depths of the depression. And if you add 80 years to that, you can see that that's when things would start to improve. So we're going to see a, a gradual acceleration in the number of people that are over 80, which would be the exact resident population that we'll be looking at. So as we go forward, there'll be more population growth, um, but it hasn't really totally arrived yet. Yeah, and I think that's interesting. So I think uh, the people who maybe are not in the industry are looking in and thinking about investing in it or being involved in some way think that maybe it's already going, but you really expect a, a big boom in what, 10 years? Probably about six to six to eight years. Six to eight years. Even more growth than what we're having. We're going to see gradual growth now because we're past that low point of the birth rates in the 1930s. But it doesn't really start to accelerate really until the baby boomer turns um, 80. And baby boomers were born from 1946 to 1964. So it will still be, you know, another uh, seven to eight years before we get that baby boomer cohort. Yeah. And uh, senior housing in some cases can be pretty expensive, right? Um, well, it, you know, it's all relative to, um, to individuals, and it varies, of course, by where you are in the country. And when you look at it relative to the, um, what it costs for someone to stay in their home, uh, it's not always more expensive than you might think when you take into account the care components and the taxes and the other services that you pay when you're in your residential home. 
Yeah, that's a good point. My mama just left her home and went to assisted living, and I think she's paying something like 4500 a month. And she said the same thing. Wow, that's a lot of money. And, then, and we looked at it and said, Mom, think about this. You know, you had yard care. You had home. You had your taxes and insurance, your upkeep. You know, you had your groceries. You have a lot of things in these senior housing that is really being uh, covered. And maybe there's some economies of scale that are helping there, right? Yeah, I would agree with that. And, you know, the other um, components of living in a senior housing property, certainly with the socialization and hospitality component. So there's studies that show that when people move into senior housing, they actually um, sort of slow some of the effects of aging because they're more social, they're more active. There's, um, you know, uh, activities to go out to. There's, you know, might be occupational therapy or different types of physical activities. So, in large, by and large, most people, when they finally do make the decision to move into senior housing, are generally pretty happy that they've done so. Yeah, I agree. Uh, my mom's now been in a year, and she went in kind of kicking and screaming, and didn't not kicking and screaming, but she didn't like it. She didn't like the idea. It was her idea, but she didn't really like it when she got there. And now she, her, her health has improved, uh, her diet's improved, her sociability's improved, and she seems to really enjoy it. And now when new people go there and they say how much they don't like it, she said, just give it some time, you're going to like it. And And Beth, it seems like that a lot of people are kind of jumped on the bandwagon of senior housing. Uh, we see more developers involved. What do you see out there for new supply, and uh, is it a concern for the industry at all? Yeah, um, there definitely has been a lot more interest in the senior housing sector, um, in large part because, you know, it's pretty attractive in terms of the investment returns you can get, um, and in terms of the general demographics, even though they're not entirely here, there are some strong gen- demographics in terms of seniors. But we have seen um, in certain markets in the U.S. a lot of supply that's come into the market, and it's made it challenging for both the incumbent um, um, operators that are in some of these markets and some of the new operators coming in. That's been probably more the case for assisted living than really for independent living. And again, assisted living would be um, essentially housing for seniors that have some type of need for activities of daily living, such as needing help with their medicines or ambulatory needs or getting dressed. So we've seen more growth and development in assisted living, largely because it was need-based, and it did a little bit better in terms of its performance during the recession. So there's been more uh, development in that area than in uh, broader independent living. And for example, in the first quarter, the occupancy rate for assisted living was near a seven-year low of 87.2% while the rate for independent living was considerably higher at 90.9%. And so how is are those numbers trending overall? In general, we're seeing some downward pressure on occupancy rate for assisted living, um, in part because supply is exceeding demand. And it's interesting, I mean, demand's not particularly weak, but it's just not been strong enough to keep up with the amount of new products that's coming to the market. And that's less the case for independent living than for assisted living. Okay. And for folks who are in the industry or are thinking about or curious about the industry, uh, you might want to go to uh, Nick's website. It's nic.org. And you guys have an annual conference coming up, right? We do. So that's, the conference this year will be in September in Chicago. It's uh, September 26th to 28th at the Sheraton Grand uh, Chicago. And um, people tend to come to the conference through both capital providers and the capital seekers. It's uh, usually an educational and informative uh, two days. You see a lot of deals get uh, made at the, de- at the conference. 
And it's generally an exciting place and essentially a who's who of those that are involved in senior housing. Yeah, I'm sure our head of senior housing at our firm at Bull will will be there, um, Ernie. So let's talk about people who maybe are thinking about investing. Uh, maybe they're investing through a REIT or through a, a developer, another sponsor, or getting directly involved in buying or, or developing senior housing. What are some of the risks moving forward in the industry? Um, well, one of the things that I'm cautious about right now in, is uh, labor. And uh, increasingly, I hear operators reporting labor shortages in all occupations that are across their operating platforms, ranging from care managers to executive directors. And it's not just an issue, honestly, in seniors' housing, but it's increasingly an issue across many sectors in the economy. The unemployment rate nationally fell to a 10-year low of 4.3% in May of uh, just past month. And as a result of that, there's going to be increased challenges in recruiting and retaining employees in all sectors. We're hearing about that in certainly in the construction trades, um, in some of the healthcare professions, and you know, getting down even into um, you know agricultural industries as well. So it's pretty broad-based, and I think it's going to be an issue that will be with us for a number of uh, years. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It seems like the job market's really improved, and and that's a great thing. But uh, if you're operating businesses like assisted living, you certainly need good people. And we're going to take a short break, but when we get back, I want to ask Beth about some tips for operators of existing facilities and talk a little bit about technology. You know, my mom just went into assisted living place, and it's very nice. I am very pleased with it. But one of the things I was a little surprised was I thought I saw a lack of tech. Technology. I didn't see technology that would indicate uh, through uh, computers and, and technology of the floors or the movement in her apartment. So I want to ask Beth about that and how that may change moving forward. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Video is powerful. Some of the biggest brands in commercial real estate have trusted us to tell their story. We are Barnes Creative Studios, Atlanta's premier commercial real estate video services. BarnesCreativeStudios.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Ball, and this is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. This segment is brought to you by Valuate Online Investment Analysis. Visit GetValuate.com. Today, we're talking about senior housing. My guest is Beth May. She's Chief Economist with Nick. And, and Beth, before the break, I mentioned that it seems like a lot of people are interested in technology. Technology is really changing everything, seems to be changing really fast. And, you know, I'm seeing a lot of uh, older product in uh, senior housing. We're seeing a lot of new supplies, you mentioned. But if technology is changing really rapidly, what's that mean when we get this boom, you said, in in six or more years? Are some of these properties going to be maybe a little out of date? Yeah, I think that um, we're going to see a, a pretty significant impact of technology in the senior housing and care sector um, eventually. Um, it's starting to emerge. It's not all here yet. And I think we're going to see a significant impact of technology in terms of helping us labor because of the shortages that we were talking about earlier. Um, and, 
in my view, you know, from an operations perspective, uh, we're starting to see lead generation being delivered over the Internet. Uh, increasingly, IT systems and big data are allowing CDS management to observe real-time changes in the day-to-day performance and operating systems. Mm-hmm. We're starting to see more remote monitoring of residents. Um, and all of that is starting to generate, I think, staff efficiencies and make labor even more productive than what it had been. Um, from a health and wellness perspective, we have telehealth and virtual care systems, and they have the potential, I think, to reduce overall health care costs and improve health care coverage. Um, smartphones and appliances, remote sensors, handheld devices with medical applications, robots, I think, are going to be really important as we go forward. You see advertising software like robots that will um, uh, sort of take an avatar-type approach and remind people of when it's time to take their medicines and maybe it's time to stand up and stretch. So I think you're going to see technology from an operations perspective and from a health perspective and from just a socialization perspective really move into the sector. There's a group called Aging 2.0 that does nothing but looks at technology as it relates to senior housing, or seniors in general, not senior housing, but seniors in general. MIT has something called the MIT Aging Lab and doing research on how technology can help as people age. So there's lots of different groups around the country that are really focusing in on technology and its impact on seniors. Yeah, I, I, that's good to hear because, you know, it seems like the sometimes the aging, uh, you know, we don't pay them enough respect. We don't give them enough due. I mean, these are uh, great people, and just because they're getting up in age doesn't mean we don't need to take care of them. And like I said in the previous segment, my mother went into a place, and, and I thought it was pretty high-end. It was very nice. It was brand new. And I didn't see a lot of, of technology related to security um, and to, to health. So it'd be good to see more of that coming online. So, so Beth, let's talk about existing operators. What are some tips for operators that, that might help them become more efficient? Well, you know, I think, as I mentioned, I think one of the biggest challenges really is going to be in the um, labor area. So, you know, there's a quote that I use sometimes from Richard Branson, who was the founder of the Virgin Group. He said, you know, train people well enough so that they can leave, <laughs> but treat them well enough so they don't want to. I like it. So I think increasingly we're seeing operators, you know, create and implement innovative approaches to both recruit and retain employees, um, to, because that is going to be a challenge. Um, you're going to see more educational programs, benefit packages, uh, I think different types of integrative support and camaraderie systems around the solutions that operators can implement as well. And, you know, relationships are really important. And if you think about seniors housing, it's really a people versus people, or people not versus, but people helping people. So it includes the relationships between the staff and the residents and the relationships among the staff. And if you create an environment that's, you know, a pleasing place to work, you're going to be able to help retain that, that very important critical component of your um, staffing. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great tip. And again, I've been seeing it firsthand recently. And the people uh, where my mother is are wonderful. They're great. And they really, yeah, you might have a nice real estate around you, but it's the people that really make the difference. At the end of the day, it's, it's really a business and people are the front line of that business, right? Yeah, and I, and I would add, you know, I think it's really important, um, especially in this environment, that operators create staff redundancy. So that you can mitigate any kind of single source of failure in the operation. So, for example, I see some operators that are creating assisted executive director programs 
So they're trying to train the next executive director. The executive director generally is sort of the CEO of the property, and they're looking at the operations of the property from basically soup to nuts in terms of everything related to seniors related to that property. So I think you need to create backups in case that executive director leaves or in case there's some type of, uh, you know, an issue with that executive director. So I think the really smart operators are recognizing that and trying to create um, staff redundancy where they can. Yeah, that's a good point. And earlier you mentioned a lot of different technology. So for the average operator today, when they're looking at all the potential technology that's out there, whether it's in health or it's in security or it's in marketing, where would you suggest they might want to look the first couple places of technology? Well, probably marketing. Um, I think that advertising certainly on the Internet um, would be really important. Uh, typically, the decision maker for senior housing is the adult child and actually the adult daughter, usually. And um, that person is usually, you know, searching for a place for their mom and going on the Internet is much more likely to be the solution of how they go about doing that than would have been in the past. So I'd say to make sure you have a really good Internet presence in terms of marketing, and then in terms of um, just uh, the operations, uh, increasingly, you know, big data is the name of the game. Try to tr- keep track of the uh, activity going on with your staff in terms of timing that they're spending with the residents or, um, you know, uh, just the general operations of the property. Okay. And Beth, you'd mentioned in the previous segment about your annual conference coming up in Chicago, September 26th and 28th. Do you have to be a member to go? Can someone go that's interested in the uh, sector? Absolutely. So NIC is, is a 501c3. It's not a trade association, so we don't have memberships per se. So this is an event that's open up to pretty much anyone that wants to come, and you would just need to um, register to, um, to come pay and register. And you can get that information by just going to www.nic.org. Okay, and that's nic.org. So what other resources are at your website or out there in general that uh, you can leave our uh, listeners with? Well, we have, if you go to our our website, again, www.nic.org, we have something that we call our investor guide, and it gets updated every other year. So last year it was updated, and we'll get updated again in 2018. And it's a really good primer of the sector. So if you're new to the sector, it tells you um, about the size of the sector. It tells you the nuances of the independent living versus assisted living, who the players are, what the opportunities are. It's a really good source of information. Um, It's certainly the best that I know of in the sector, especially for someone new into the industry. Is there a charge for that guide? Uh, no, the executive summary is free, and then there's a nominal fee for the uh, rest of it. Okay, and we'll put a link to the executive summary on our website at CREshow.com and, and then look for this show either in audio or video form. So, Beth, thanks so much for joining us. As usual, great information. You're out there speaking around the country. Thanks for taking the time to be on America's Commercial Real Estate Show. You're, you're very welcome. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, and we look forward to seeing you uh, in Chicago, uh, Beth. And then also, if you're out there listening or watching, uh, look for us in Chicago. Say hello. We hope to uh, see you there. And stay tuned. We're going to have some more on senior housing. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, cap rates. We're going to talk a little more about uh, development. And we're going to talk a little bit about site selection that you don't want to miss. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show.
check out Valuate, a real estate analysis program that can be easily shared with colleagues online to do what-if analysis. Visit GetValuate.com. That's GetValuate.com. Build-Out, the best all-in-one marketing tool for your brokerage. Learn how you can create marketing materials instantly and streamline your property listings process. Visit BuildOut.com. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. This segment is brought to you by Excelligent, building data everywhere. Visit Excelligent.com. Well, today we're talking about senior housing. Please welcome my next guest, George Yedinak. He is founder of Senior Housing News, and he's joining us on the phone. George, good to talk to you. How have you, how have you been? I've been great, Michael. Thanks for having me back. Well, George, you've got uh, your fingers and on the pulse of what's going on in the senior housing world. And uh, it seems like more and more people are getting interested in getting into investing and developing in senior housing. Are you seeing that? Yeah, we're getting quite a bit of information uh, and interest from you know other third parties, such as uh, commercial real estate developers and multifamily developers, really starting to take a, a keen interest in senior housing and uh, starting to ask lots of questions and, and where to look to in the marketplace uh, and how to grow that segment of their businesses. Uh, it's really something that uh, is started to increase significantly here in the first part of 2017. And what are some of the things uh, that they're asking you? What are they looking for? You know, they're, they're looking for, you know, recommendations and, you know, information on where they can learn more information about the business of senior housing. Senior housing is such a, a business-related function versus just strictly a, a real estate function. And those individuals and corporations are really uh, looking for knowledge and information, whether it's conferences, white papers, or news articles. They're really... Uh, asking for information to become, you know, subject matter experts quickly, because that's what a lot of their investors and capital providers uh, want them to become uh, very, very quickly. Right. And they also need the right team around them, right? Yeah, no, I think it, it comes back to, you know, working with good partners and, and, and networking effectively with, you know, people that have been in the business before, whether that's, uh, you know, current operators in the marketplace to do a joint venture or really getting expertise from architects and consultants that really can help uh, those individuals make the right business decisions on entering senior housing for the first time or, you know, maybe it's their second or third time, but it's definitely one where finding those folks with experience is really a key to success for multifamily folks coming into senior housing. Yeah, you're right. I agree. It's so much more of a, a business than some of the typical uh, real estate. You know, and you're running an apartment complex. If you've got a good management company, uh, you know, you've, you've bought real estate. And, uh, you know, when you when you develop senior housing, maybe you have somebody, a company operating that, but uh, they're really operating a business that uh, has a lot of people involved and therefore, you know, a little more risk, but but more return. And, and when you talk about return, you got to talk about capital and, and interest rates and financing. What are you seeing for trends out there in the capital stack? We're hearing from uh, lenders and owners and operators of the marketplaces. You know, there's the expectation that rates are going to slowly increase here as we go forward. Uh, you know, nothing significant, I would say, from what we're talking to 
people in the industry in the next six to 12 months. But, you know, they're definitely kind of eyeing things uh, on the increase as uh, the economy continues to improve and seniors are finding that there's more home equity in their homes uh, to, to move into these properties. But, you know, as rates go up, uh, you know, there's there's been more interest in the uh, business to lock things in and go forward. Right. And George, you, you hear uh, from everyone in the industry uh, at these events and uh, and uh, and just in general when you're talking to them. So to, what is your sense from being so heavily in the senior housing market of, of the industry's expectation on cap rates moving forward? You mentioned that there's some expectation of interest rates to slowly rise. What about cap rates? You know, I think cap rates, you know, from everyone we've talked to, look to stay stable, if not slightly increased. I think there's starting to be some word in the marketplace of some occupancy decline slightly uh, and overbuilding in certain markets. And, you know, those are putting some pressure on uh, the marketplace today as people get concerned about, you know, kind of a supply imbalance, at least in the next six to 12, maybe even 18 months. So there's some there's some pressure there. Yeah. And we're talking with George Yedinak. He's founder of Senior Housing News uh, about the senior housing industry. And uh, George, let's talk to operators for a moment. Uh, if there's some operators around the country uh, that uh, are in the day-to-day business of operating these, these businesses, what are some tips for them uh, that you see that might help them? You know, it comes back to running, running the business of, of senior living. And I think one of the things that we continue to hear folks discuss uh, out in the marketplace is really focusing on driving occupancy higher and almost into that, you know, 95, 97, 8 percent range of really focusing on maximizing their occupancy. You know, I think when you look at the statistics uh, in the marketplaces today, you know, housing, many operators seem to kind of average out of, you know, call it between 85 and 90 percent, depending on the product type and the marketplace. And there's been a big push on getting that even higher, which really, really significantly improves the profitability of the community where that uh, occupancy can be driven a few points higher and really drops significant money down to the bottom line. So we're seeing a lot of people talk about focusing in on, on sales and marketing and lead generation uh, to help you know continue to build their businesses for the rest of the year. Yeah. And... Uh you know, Beth mentioned the same thing that a lot of occup- a lot of operators are kind of looking at the kind of the technology, the the websites, and try to uh, generate those leads. And uh, and then once you get those leads, uh, then you've got to make sure that that you have the right match, right, and that you have the right people to 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 close the right tenants and, and get them into your uh, your your property, right? Yeah, I think senior housing is just like any other business out there where you know the cost of customer acquisition you know, is very, very high in most cases. And all good owner-operators are really looking at that process and figuring out how they can drive the cost of that customer acquisition down, whether it's building a better website or, you know, doing sales staff training or different avenues like that, really to focus on how can they lower that cost of acquisition. Yeah. And I recently looked at uh, several uh, locations and several different projects. And, you know, I think one of the things that swayed me uh, as picking a senior housing assisted living uh, for my mother was was really the people. Uh, you know, did they 
did you really feel like they cared? And, you know, that's really the bottom line, isn't it? Yeah, no, I, the, the, the people part of this business is, is one of the toughest angles, both from the, you know, upfront sales process, but all the way to the day-to-day uh, operations and activities that go on in the communities. And, you know, it, it continues to be uh, a industry-wide struggle to figure out what the best strategies are for attracting and retaining that talent. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, most businesses that are successful have great people in them, operating them day to day. Yeah. And George, you mentioned there's a lot more people interested in the senior housing sector. Are you seeing that from institutional investors? Are you seeing it from foreign investors as well? Uh, Domestically, we're seeing it more from, you know, uh, national investors. Uh, You know, there's lots of talk about foreign capital coming in where before there's been a lot of focus on EB-5 programs, and and those continue to be in discussion, but not as uh, frequently as before. But, you know, I think there are some very significant capital providers and institutional investors domestically here in the U.S. that are really looking at senior, uh, senior housing assets for the long term. Yeah. Uh, Well, George, great information as usual. Thanks for joining us on uh, America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Thanks, Michael. Have a good one. If you like more information, we'll put a link on the show website to Senior Housing News. Uh, Check it out if you're at all interested in the senior housing market. And stay tuned. We'll have more on senior housing on America's commercial real estate show. Stay with us. Hi, this is Michael Ball. Check out Plum Lending, the $1 to $25 million commercial real estate specialist. Plum offers you speed, certainty, and preferential terms because it's all driven by technology. Visit GetYourPlumLoan.com. That's GetYourPlumLoan.com. Excelligent, the resource professionals like CCIMs, CBRE, JLL, Colliers, and Bull Realty use for market intelligence. Commercial Search is the site to market and find available properties to buy, sell, or lease all over the country. Visit CommercialSearch.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. This segment is brought to you by BuildOut, the best marketing for your brokerage. Visit BuildOut.com. We use them. Great service. Check it out. Today we're talking about senior housing. Now we're going to get a view from an active broker who's dealing in the senior housing market every day. Please welcome Ernie Anaya. He's Senior VP of Healthcare Real Estate Services with Bull Realty, and his practice is very much focused on senior housing. Housing. Ernie, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me, Michael. Well, Ernie, you're, as I said, you're every day you're with buyers and sellers of these senior housing uh, properties. You're also working with new developers. What's the market right now? Is it is it still a seller's market? Is it a buyer's market? What are you seeing out there? It's still a seller's market. Uh, the issue has become that uh, because of the inching up of uh, interest rates, cap rates are inching up. Uh, a few years ago, they used to be in the six range. Now they're inching up seven, seven and a half. Um, so the cap rates, yeah. the, the cap rates. So mm-hmm. because of that, uh, there's a little bit of confusion from sellers that used to think they could get the six percent or six percent cap or six and a half cap that they had a couple of years ago. Um, but still, uh, any property that comes to market, you're definitely going to get a significant number of buyers interested in it. The issue becomes 
are you more realistic in accepting what the market is dictating from a cap perspective? Yeah, and that's right. And, and, and if the market is moving and interest rates are, are one specs to, you know, to tick up even more, uh, well, maybe you don't like the six and a half. Maybe if you have to take seven, seven and a half now, but heck, that, it sounds like that might increase further in the next couple of years and may go up higher if interest and, rates and, go higher. And that is a great point, Michael, yeah. because uh, interest rates are continuing to go higher. Mm -hmm. So what value today might be value less in six months from now. Yeah. So, and in uh, the value of some of these properties that might be $23 million, mm -hmm. that could be a million dollars in loss value if they wait. So yeah. uh, it's, a, it's the thing about being realistic about what the market is dictating. And that is also being driven by the major uh, investors, uh, institutional investors like REITs that are definitely looking at that from an investment perspective. Yeah, and what about existing owners of existing properties. How much does it matter how old their properties are? I know I just picked uh, from several properties and I picked a real new one for my mother. Does that, how should you think about the decision to maybe to hold or sell uh, based on the age of your property? So one of the things, one of the statistics that I just pulled out uh, is that, uh, especially in Metro Atlanta, is that for properties that are less than two years old, they're growing in occupancy by 56% when the majority of the older properties are either flat or growing negatively. Uh, and if you look at the average uh, age of those facilities, uh, it's about 18 to 20 years old, but that's also across the United States. You're looking at an average of 18-year-old property. Uh, so the issue, especially in, in a state like Georgia, is that uh, the new regulations uh, have kept 90% of those properties from being licensed as an assisted living, but are licensed as personal care homes because they're not meeting the code by the state that requires fire sprinklers and everything like that. But the bigger thing is, if you're putting your mother in a, in a new place, do you want it to look like the, the Rich Carlton, or do you want it to look like a, you know, a shabby little place that you don't want to be there. Uh, so that's that's key yeah. because that's also uh, creating a lot of downward pressure on occupancy as well as rates. Yeah, well, I want it to look like the Ritz Carlton, but I want a Motel Six rate. How about that? And, and that that is possible yeah. because it's all about uh, your market. For instance, uh, last year I sold a smaller piece of uh, property, 22 units, mm -hmm. that was converted into memory care in East Cobb. Well. Um, that is now going as a memory care uh, by a major operator, and they're going to be charging 7500 for the rent. So it's all about where you are at. So the, the, the demographics of that particular location between maybe five, ten mile radius, depending on where you are, is going to dictate what is it, the Ritz Carlton, or is it more like the, the Holiday Inn? Right. And let's talk about that a minute, Ernie, because, you know, we just heard from uh, Beth and uh, George that in some markets uh, there's a little bit of overbuilding uh, and some people some lenders are a little concerned with it um, but uh, when you're doing analysis uh, it, I guess it really does matter what is the income uh, in that area right because a lot of people want to stay pretty close to home right I, like I want my mother as close as possible so I can see her more often and I don't get that call when are you gonna come see me son and, and that is a great <laughs> uh, point because if you look at the statistics um, residents of assisted living or senior housing stay within a 10-mile radius normally because they have ties to the church, to the community, to their families. They don't want to. They don't want to move very far away. So they want to stay in that area. But the the key too is that uh, when you look at overbuilt, that's that's correct. Some areas are more overbuilt than others. Uh, but 
looking at uh, the age of the facilities is one uh, way to do it, but also looking at the OMED demand and also the demographics. So when you look at the OMED demand, you can say, okay, I want to look at the OMED demand for people making 35,000 or higher, or I can look at it 75,000 or higher. So you can dictate you know, how you look at that market and make a decision whether what type of property should I build there and do I really should build there or not. Okay, so if I'm a multifamily developer and I want to do senior housing, or maybe I have a site that I think is great for senior housing, for a fee, can you come in and, and look at the demographics and the competition and the market and let me know if it's really feasible? Yes, basically what we do is that we have the analysis uh, methodology that basically we can look at the different cohorts of ages. So you have 65, 75, 75 making over um, 50,000 and then 85 plus. Uh, and then look at uh, the demographics as far as home values because that's key, net worth, uh, and also household income. So that will give you kind of like the, um, the main market and then from there you use um, the penetration rates for the country and that would yield here's basically your demand and then from there you go and go to a place like NICMAP and try to find out okay what's in that market right now what's the occupancy how many units how many units are being planned uh, for development and then from there you determine this is the OMED demand uh, so if you have a high OMED demand that's a good thing but you also have to have the demographic income to support it because if you don't have it you're not going to be successful either right and if that sounded like charlie brown's parents to you then just <laughs> give you a call and, and you can explain it further i'd be lo i'd love to maybe to help. help out so so if you will before you have to go ernie give me a tip for somebody that maybe owns an older uh, property should and they're thinking about that they need to kind of make a decision because technology is changing of what they're going to do with this property that they need to probably do some and if their, their rates are going down and their occupancy is, is going down, right? One of the biggest um, things that are not being met today in, the, in today's market is the need of the middle income uh, resident. Uh, that's being ignored completely. And uh, one of the things that if you're going to have a facility built next to you uh, that is going to look very nice uh, as compared to yours and yours is 20 years old, you're going to feel the pain. <laughs> uh, so the best thing to do is maybe to uh, reposition those properties into more of a middle income and now accept the $3,000, $3,500 per month or whatever it is for that particular market but now you have the ability to, to fill it and uh, because they're already personal care homes you don't have to have the amount of um, staffing and everything else that you need for assisted living mm -hmm. uh, but you're still um, creating uh, a nice business and you're taking care of a market that uh, or a market semi that you're completely ignoring today. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're saying uh, have flexibility and realize that, hey, maybe you're not going to get that uh, 4000 a month or 4500 a month. Maybe you've got to drop it down and, and be realistic or or maybe sell it before you have to, to drop the numbers and go build a new one. No, that's correct. So one interesting example today is that we're actually working with a client um, that has an older facility, it's 24 uh, units, um, they're for assisted living, uh, and it's also licensed for, uh, on their personal care home for uh, memory care, but because of the rent, they're kind of like under the market. We have uh, decided to uh, convert it to 100% memory care, uh, to put it in the market at a higher cost, uh, higher value. Uh, so if you look at uh, going from maybe 3,000 a month to 
4,000 because of memory care, memory care being at 5,000 a month in, in our market, you will have that place filled, especially after we did an analysis like you just said, yeah. where we determined that within a five mile radius, there was 108 of met demand of income uh, residents uh, over $75,000. So that's kind of like a no brainer. So that's another opportunity, it's kind of like, how can you do highest and best and convert it to memory care? Memory care is one of the um, most uh, hottest uh, growth areas within senior housing. Yeah, yeah. Well, it makes sense, and uh, you know that's pretty valuable that you can go out and provide that information for me because maybe I want to to pay you for consulting now. Maybe I don't want to sell, and maybe you're getting it ready for me to sell in a year from now as I convert it, right? Correct. And one of the biggest things, especially for um, operators that are smaller, mm -hmm. is that they don't understand how to evaluate their property. Mm -hmm. um, they don't understand what the market demand is. They don't understand what cap rates are. They, they cannot do the underwriting mm -hmm. uh, for the facilities. They don't have a way to find out what are the sales comps for that particular market. So sometimes they're not getting the best value out of the property. Mm -hmm. uh, so if we work with them and teach them here's, and do the analysis and, and show them here's what you can get uh, for your property, then they, ha they are in a better situation to uh, negotiate a better price. Yeah, and, and, and plan for the future. Well, Ernie, great information. Thank you for joining well, us. Well, thank you for having me, Michael. And thank you for joining us out there on the radio stations, iTunes, YouTube, or the show website. We really appreciate you being with us. And if you will, comment, subscribe, uh, share, and uh, we sure appreciate connecting with you. And, and be sure and join us next week. And until then, be sure you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty, Asset and Occupancy Solutions. Excelligent, building data everywhere. Plum Lending, online commercial real estate loans. Get Valuate, online investment analysis, build out. The marketing tool for your brokerage. And Barnes Creative Studios, commercial real estate video production.